right, Avalanche fans. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever and wherever you may be listening. And thank you for joining the Lockdown Avalanche podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, Chris Maselli, with another episode of the podcast dedicated to your Colorado Avalanche. And today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto at rockauto.com. Amazing selection, everything you need, very low prices for all your automobile needs, rockauto.com. So, this week, we are going to uh, take a cue from an incredible series, an incredible video in particular, uh, that Sportsnet does. And they do this absolutely fascinating series called The Trade Tree. And basically, what they do is they take a, a classic trade that happened in the past of the NHL and break it down and and these are like kind of like the blockbuster style of trades that has happened throughout uh, the history of the NHL and painstakingly go through them right up until you can go no further uh, until all of the deals have been made and the draft picks that have been exchanged have played out their careers and you can literally see a trade all the way through the end. And they did one a few days ago on the now infamous Eric Lindros trade to Philadelphia from Quebec. And this trade tree is just to look at it is something else. So uh, we are going to, to go through this and I, I'm going to play audio from the the Sportsnet, Steve Dangle is the guy who does these uh, these videos. They're phenomenal. So uh, if if I'm gonna do this, this is <laughs> to give you an idea. They, they they've done they've done these in the past, and um, most of them are about 15 minutes on the average. You can get through an entire trade uh, and all the all the moving parts to it within that time frame. This one is about 42 minutes because so many things happened through the years. Things I was I didn't even really when they ha- when 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 the Avalanche when Quebec obviously turned into Colorado Avalanche when they made some of their blockbuster deals, I never really thought oh that that that's a byproduct of the Eric Lindros trade that happened 10 years ago. You don't think of those things. And uh, I'm so grateful for this series because it really is an eye opener, especially for this, this deal. So uh, we, we're going to, we're going to go along for the ride here. Um, I'm going to stop the video or the audio at, at certain points and kind of give you my thoughts on maybe a specific move that they did or a certain player, obviously <clears throat> some of them are, you know, uh, franchise-defining moves that the Avalanche made that they could not have made if they didn't make this Eric Lindros deal. And I'm not talking about the the original deal with the six players that they got and draft picks and money. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about all the way down this tree that they have uh, acquired some of, like I said, franchise-defining players. It's amazing stuff. So uh, we are going to dive into that right now. 
Um, and like I said, I'm going to stop the the audio to kind of interject every once in a while here and there. And I, I cut some of it out. Like in the very beginning, he, uh, he he goes on and on about Eric Lindros and his love of Eric Lindros and how his his career was a fantastic career in and of itself. So, yes, Philadelphia gave up a lot to get him. What they got was a, a, a all-time player. Uh, but what they gave up literally made the Colorado Avalanche for the next decade plus. So uh, I cut that stuff out because we don't really need to hear about Eric Lindros. That's not what this show is about. We want to know about the Quebec Nordiques slash Colorado Avalanche and how it benefited them. So we're going to get into it here. But very quickly before we do, just wanted to remind everybody to go to rockauto.com. Rockauto.com has the lowest prices, the most amazing selection for all of your car auto needs. If you are working on your car and you need anything, soup to nuts, A to Z, go to rockauto.com. Tell them Locked On sent you. All right, let's dive into this thing. And I guess the thing that we should do first is kind of just give a summary of exactly what the deal was. Obviously, Philadelphia got Eric Lindros, but what did Quebec get back in return? Quite a bit. So, what do you do when your first overall pick refuses to play for your team? You gotta trade him. And we overuse the word blockbuster these days. Oh, this guy got traded for two guys. No, no, let me introduce you to the 90s, friend. The Philadelphia Flyers swoop in and acquire Eric Lindros. Meanwhile, the Quebec Nordiques acquire Peter Forsberg, who was the sixth overall pick in 1991, the same draft as Lindros. Chris Simon, Ron Hextall, Mike Ricci, Steve Duchesne, a first round pick in 1994, Kerry Huffman, a first round pick in 1993, and $15 million. The trade was Lindros for six players, two first rounders, and 15 mil. So, good deal? You bet. <laughs> Uh, getting <clears throat> that much in return for one guy, albeit Eric Lindros, uh, is is quite the haul. And, it, you know, right off the bat, <clears throat> after listing all of that, you can understand why this is a 40-minute-plus video. Because we are going to go through every one of those things, minus, minus the $15 million, <clears throat> which actually he does get into, and it's pretty good. A uh, little segment that he gets into right off the bat on the 15 million, which doesn't seem like a lot in uh, today's world and today's NHL. Uh, when this trade went down, it was a lot of money, <clears throat> and he kind of breaks it down um, as to why it was so much money, which is really good. But all those other things, with the exception of Peter Forsberg and Kerry Huffman, because those are the only pieces that the Avalanche kept in this entire deal. Everybody else got moved. Even a draft pick got moved. A lot of draft picks got moved. You you will be amazed at how this thing comes to it, its end many years down the road. But we are going to dive in and talk about each one of these branches where he is, and I'll interject here and there. Uh, but it's quite, quite amazing. So... Where do we start? Let's start with that $15 million. 
I guess I should get to the trade tree, huh? What makes this trade tree so long is that out of the six players and two first rounders Quebec got in this trade, all but two of them were traded. And then there's the matter of the $15 million, which I'll tackle right away. Now $15 million, who doesn't want that? If you were offered $15 million right now, I bet you'd take it. I bet you $15 million you'd take it. In today's salary cap world, this is 2020, this is nearly 30 years after this trade. What can you get with $15 million? Well, you could get a year of Connor McDavid, and you could get him a pretty decent line mate to play with, too. Back in 1991, when this trade was made, Wayne Gretzky was the highest paid player in hockey, and he made $3 million. What does $3 million get you in today's NHL? The Vancouver Canucks are paying over $3 million just for Roberto Luongo's cap recapture this year and for the next two after. So in 1991 hockey dollars, what does $15 million get you? Just the best player in the sport five times over. Math. Now let's talk about the two players from this trade that were not traded by the Quebec Nordiques organization after they were acquired. Let's start with Kerry Huffman because he's the easiest. Kerry Huffman, a defenseman, had a nice little NHL career with 401 regular season games. He was the 20th overall pick in 1986 and the thing about 1986 is the 20th overall pick was actually the second last pick of the first round. He spent just one season with the Quebec Nordiques, played 80 games, scored 28 points. That's it. The other guy? We're gonna have to spend a little bit more time on the other guy. The other player, the Quebec Nordiques, or I should say the Colorado Avalanche, never traded was Peter Forsberg. While Eric Lindros burst onto the NHL scene with 41 goals as a rookie, it took Peter Forsberg a couple more seasons. The same season that Eric Lindros won his Hart Trophy as the league's MVP in 1995, Peter Forsberg won the Calder as the league's top rookie. But not really much after that, and by not really much I mean he was a Hall of Famer. He won a Hart Trophy of his own as the league's MVP in 2003, and also that same season won the Art Ross as the league's top scorer. He was a first team all-star three times, and he was top 10 in Selkie voting four times. He won an Olympic gold medal with Sweden back in 2006, and of course, two Stanley Cups with the Colorado Avalanche. Now, Colorado, Quebec, Colorado, Quebec, I should maybe spend a little time on that? The NHL situation in Quebec City just wasn't working out, to the point where there's still talk about it all these decades later, but Quebec City still does not have another NHL team like Winnipeg does. They got their team back. But some of the talk around the time the Quebec Nordiques moved to Colorado to become the Avalanche was, man, if you give these guys another season, who knows? They had a core of Joe Sackick and Peter Forsberg to build around. The year Forsberg was a rookie, the Nordiques also had Owen Nolan, who was their third leading scorer. They had Matt Sundin at one point as well. And oh, don't you worry, we'll get to him too. And just like Lindros, just like Sundin too actually, Peter Forsberg had a Hall of Fame career. Can you imagine if that team kept Owen Nolan, kept Matt Sundin? In 591 games with the Quebec Nordiques Colorado Avalanche organization, Peter Forsberg had 755 points. 217 goals, 538 assists. The guy could dish. I never got to see Wayne Gretzky or Mario Lemieux play hockey live, so I always tell people the best player I ever saw live when I was a kid was Peter Forsberg. I would describe him as a polite bully. He would rush the puck through the neutral zone, someone would try to stop him, and he would run them over and maintain possession. And I always picked him first overall in my NHL 2001 fantasy draft. On PC. You didn't ask, but you should've. One of the recurring themes of these videos is did the team achieve their goal and 10 times out of 10 the goal is to win the Stanley Cup at some point so if that's our criteria Peter Forsberg was an 
unbelievable playoff player. In 140 playoff games with the Nordiques and Avalanche, and that's a pretty good sign that you had some success when you get into 140 Stanley Cup playoff games with the same team, Peter Forsberg had 58 goals, 101 assists for 159 Stanley Cup playoff points. Now the tragic thing with Peter Forsberg is, like Eric Lindros, injuries shorten his career as well. And what was incredible about Forsberg is despite having injury shortened seasons, he would come back and be dumb. After winning the league's MVP in 2003, Forsberg came back for the 03-04 season, only got in 39 games, and had 55 points. And on top of that, threw in 11 points in 11 playoff games. Then there was the 04-05 lockout. 05-06, ironically, comes back with the Philadelphia Flyers. Only gets into 60 games, 75 points. Next season, he's captain of the Philadelphia Flyers, by the way, because irony is funny. He only gets into 40 games, still a point a game. 40 points. He's with the Nashville Predators for a hot minute. 17 games, 15 points. 0708. He tried, he really tried to come back with the Colorado Avalanche. In nine games, he still put up 14 points, this guy. He would play 26 games over the next two seasons for Moto over in Sweden before trying to come back over two years later in the NHL. It lasted only two games, and finally, that was it. There are many Hall of Fame careers that were cut short way too soon. Bobby Orr, obviously, Mike Bossy, Pavel Burry is a name that doesn't get brought up nearly enough, but Eric Lindros and Peter Forsberg are huge. So is there ever a time where you don't want to hear about Peter Forsberg? No. He's, you know, on the Mount Rushmore of Colorado Avalanche history. He, he's, he is, you know, we, we've talked about him many, many times on the show. He's probably my favorite Colorado Avalanche player of all time. You were never going to have a one-for-one one deal <clears throat> because I don't think Forsberg... Forsberg had a... Uh, he was a number six pick. A lot was expected out of him. Uh, the career he had... I think went above and beyond what his actual expectation was. Uh, so you were never going to do a one for one deal for those two guys, for for Lindros and for Forsberg. But I'm just saying, if you had uh, 2020 vision, could see into the future, know he was going to have that type of career, and you did a one for one deal, you would have been happy with it if you could have played that tape out to the end and, and seen it, what his career was going to be. Absolute legend. Hall of Famer, top 100 player of all time. Now we're going to, we, we've laid out kind of like the, the basis of it. Let's just go through each one of these players very briefly and touch on how their careers went. And, and, and again, what the Avalanche got in this deal. So we're crossing off our list here. What have we talked about? The 15 million bucks, Kerry Huffman, Peter Forsberg. Forsberg was never traded by the Avalanche. We talked about Peter Forsberg. What about Chris Simon? 146 games with the Nordiques and Avalanche. 56 points, but 555 penalty minutes. Steve, is that a mistake? No, it's the 90s. He had 250 penalty minutes in one season, and it wasn't even that big a deal because he did it later in his career too. Ron Hextall was in this deal as well. He didn't stick around with the team for very long though. Just 54 games, played a record of 29, 16, and 5, and the 5, by the way, is ties, once again, because of the 90s, but he did get to be a part of a series between the Quebec Nordiques and the Montreal Canadiens. Funny enough, after his stint in Quebec, he would go to the Philadelphia Flyers to play with 
Eric Lindros. Then there's Mike Ricci, gritty guy, Scarborough guy, 228 points in 339 games with the Nordiques and Avalanche organization. And he wasn't just a depth player. In 93, he had 78 points. Steve Duchesne, I, I hope I'm not screwing up his name. Duchesne? Is it Duchesne? Whatever, I was three when this trade happened, man. He didn't stick around in Quebec for long. He had a full 82-game season, though, when he was there. 20 goals, 62 points for 82 points. He was a point-a-game defenseman, and he finished seventh in Norris voting. The 90s. The first round pick in 1994, the Avalanche actually deal away. We'll talk about that a bit later. Kerry Huffman, we already talked about him too. Let's spend a little bit of time on the first round pick in 1993, Jocelyn Thibault. He only played in 57 games with the organization with a record of 23-19-7, but because he was the 10th overall pick in 1993, he had some value. And of course the $15 million. Those six players in two picks gave them 1,203 regular season games played. 332 goals, 763 assists, a few of those belong to Ron Hextall, and 1,095 points. If the tree ended there, ended right there, the Quebec Nordiques slash Colorado Avalanche would have done pretty well, but it keeps going. The 15 million bucks, Kerry Huffman and Peter Forsberg, that's all over. Now we get into the tree. So yeah, that's uh, uh, a lot of stats <laughs> for, for the Avalanche from, from those guys. So uh, like you said, now we're going to start breaking this thing down and start right at the beginning. Chris Simon. All right, let's go through this and then uh, we'll, we'll I'll break in. And we'll, we'll discuss the Chris Simon branch of this tree. Let's go to Chris Simon. Say whatever you want about him, but he was part of that Colorado Avalanche team that won the Stanley Cup in their first season in Colorado in 1996, playing 12 games on that playoff run. Early the following season, he's traded. The trade was Chris Simon and Curtis LeCision going from the Colorado Avalanche to the Washington Capitals for Keith Jones, a first rounder in 1998, and a fourth rounder in 1998. Keith Jones, a forward and now an analyst, played two and a half seasons for the Avalanche and his best season was 43 points in 67 games in his first season, 96-97. During the 98-99 season, Keith Jones was dealt to the Philadelphia Flyers. They keep coming up. Podine, a pretty big presence on the wing, played parts of four seasons for the Avalanche. His best season in 2000-2001 where he put up 32 points in a full 82-game season. During the 2001-2002 season, he was dealt. The trade was Sean Podine to the St. Louis Blues in exchange for Mike Keane. Mike Keane, who the Colorado Avalanche had reacquired, by the way. Save Mike Keane for a sec. Let's clean up the rest of this trade. The first round pick in 1998 that the Avalanche got from the Washington Capitals turned into Scott Parker, who played 237 games for them and put up 538 penalty minutes. Years later, he would be dealt to the San Jose Sharks for a fifth round pick in 2003 that the Avalanche used to select Brad Richardson. He put up 40 points in 136 games with the Colorado Avalanche, and if you're like Brad Richardson, that sounds familiar. Yeah, he's still on the Coyote. After his tenure with the Avalanche, Richardson was traded to the LA Kings for a second round pick in 2008. The Avalanche used that pick on goaltender Peter Delmas. Big things were expected of him coming out of the QMJHL. Never played an NHL game. The Avalanche also got a fourth rounder in 1998 from the Capitals. They packaged that with another fourth in 1998 and a fifth in 1998 and sent it back to the Capitals actually 
for a third rounder in 1998. The Caps used that third rounder on a player named Evgeny Lazarev, never played in the NHL. Now, I mentioned the trade with the St. Louis Blues that saw Mike Keane join the Colorado Avalanche for the second time. Let's talk about the first time. All the Habs fans watching right now like, mm, what if we didn't? After an embarrassing 11-1 defeat at the hands of the Detroit Red Wings, yes you know where I'm going, Patrick Waugh demanded a trade away from the Montreal Canadiens. At some point over the next few days, the Colorado Avalanche said to the Montreal Canadiens, hey, if you need another goalie, we got a guy who was just recently picked 10th overall. The Colorado Avalanche traded Jocelyn Thibault, Andre Kovalenko and Martin Ruchinski to the Montreal Canadiens on December 6, 1995 for Mike Keane and Patrick Waugh. I mean, Patrick Waugh is obviously the sizzle there, but it's worth mentioning, Mike Keane was the Montreal Canadiens' captain when that trade happened. 64 points in 223 games as a member of the Colorado Avalanche, and another 14 points in 63 playoff games. He was a gritty guy. What did Montreal get? wasn't bad. Thibault had a 67, 56, and 24 record in 158 games with the Montreal Canadiens and a 908 save percentage. Andre Kovalenko had just the one season with Montreal, but it was okay. 17 goals, 34 points in 51 games. Martin Ruchinski, that guy was a hab forever. That's great value. He played 432 games with Montreal, 297 points, and 134 of them were goals. But None of those things add up to Patrick Waugh, man. A record of 262 wins, 140 losses, and 65 ties. A pristine 918 save percentage over that time. In the playoffs, he was even better. In 133 playoff games with the Avs alone, 81-52 and 52 record, and an even better 922 save percentage. During his tenure in Colorado alone, Waugh was top 10 in Vesna voting eight times. He won the 2001 Conn Smythe as playoff MVP and of course won two Stanley Cups with the Avalanche in 2001 and in their very first season in the season Waugh was acquired in in 1996. Is that good? Asking for a friend who happens to be a Habs fan so I can annoy them. Often in these trade trees we look at these little moves that come later and we go yeah but did one thing really lead to another? In this case, yes. All right, so there you go. There, there's a, a one name, and there's more. Don't misconstrue this in any way, shape, or form. Yes, it has already led to the acquisition of Patrick Waugh. Might have been a few years later, but you can trace it back to the Eric Lindros deal. And you will say that many, many times as we go through this. That if not for the Eric Lindros deal, we wouldn't have gotten. And if you haven't gone through the trade tree in this video, I don't want to spoil anything for you. If you're going along for the ride, listening to this show, um, I'm not going to spoil anything because there's some there's other ones in there that you're like, man, I can't believe it went that deep. Yes, it did. Uh, the the Wah one was not uh, as 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 long as a, a tree or a branch of this tree as other ones, but it is directly correlated to the Eric Lindros deal. Other ones that go much further down the path, uh, you end up with franchise players. Trust me, you just got to go along for the ride on this one. But we talked about Patrick Waugh, and let's continue on, and we'll make this the last one for today's show. Uh, we'll continue on with another goalie acquisition that they got in this deal.
Speaking of goalies, let's look at the other one in this deal. After his one and only season with the Quebec Nordiques, Ron Hextall was packaged with a first round pick in 1993 and sent to the New York Islanders for Mark Fitzpatrick and a first rounder in 1993. Now the shame for Colorado in this situation is Mark Fitzpatrick just yoink got taken by the Florida Panthers in the expansion draft because the early 90s were about aggressive expansion. Remember that line? Remember that was like five jokers ago. But the good thing for Colorado in all this is they actually moved up in the 93 first round. They got the 14th overall pick while the Islanders got 23rd. It should be noted that that 23rd overall pick that went to the New York Islanders was used to select Todd Bertuzzi. Say what you will about Todd Bertuzzi, but he was the definition of a power forward for a number of years. He was a dominant player and ironically would go on to have an infamous association with the Colorado Avalanche. But before that infamous association, he was a fantastic player in the NHL and the Avalanche could look at that deal as a loss if the Islanders didn't just give him away too. In the 90s, the Islanders did nothing better than draft extremely good players and give them away. The 14th overall pick that the Avalanche got they didn't give away, they kept for a very long time, and he was a valuable part of that team winning the Stanley Cup. Adam Deadmarsh. Actually, I keep saying Colorado because Deadmarsh is such a staple of the Colorado Avalanche. I see an Avalanche jersey and I think of him, but he actually started with the Nordiques. 288 points in 453 games with the Avalanche and Nordiques. Yeah, that's a pick that worked out. Not to mention 22 goals and 56 points in 88 playoff games, just as an Av. But a funny little footnote with Adam Deadmarsh, he lived every kid's dream. He wins the Stanley Cup. Ah, gets to hold it above his head, all the blood, sweat, and tears, the years that he put into this, and he gets his day with the cup, and then they engrave his name into the cup, but that happens a while later. And then he goes back to look at it, hey, see, there's my name on the... They spelled it wrong! After Adam Deadmarsh and the Colorado Avalanche won the Stanley Cup in 1996, they accidentally spelled it Deadmarch, like with a C-H. After Adam Deadmarsh's tenure in Colorado, his tree continues, but I'm gonna put a little bit of an asterisk on it because he ended up getting traded to the LA Kings but it was with two first round picks attached to him. He was part of the deal for sure, but the two firsts are what got it done. That deal was Adam Deadmarsh, a 2001 first round pick, a 2003 first round pick, and a player to be named later to the LA Kings in exchange for Steven Reinprecht, and Rob Blake. Blake having an unbelievable and immediate impact on Colorado's back and that right-handed shot, that crazy hip check that he would do, basically flying India backwards. He had 19 points in 23 games as Colorado went on to win the 2001 Stanley Cup. The player to be named later that ended up going to the Kings, by the way, was Jared Olan. And the 2001 first ended up being David Steckel and the 2003 first ended up being Brian Boyle, or as it's pronounced in Colorado, we don't care, we won the cup. And Colorado got Ryan Preck too, man. I didn't even know he was this good. 46 points in 67 games, 51 in 77, and then get a load of this. After Ryan Preck's time in Colorado, the tree continues. He was packaged with Rhett Warner and sent to the Buffalo Sabres in exchange for 
Keith Ballard? Raise your hand if you don't remember him being on the Buffalo Sabres. I don't. Heck, I don't remember him with the Colorado Avalanche. I remember him from the Canucks and that time he like whacked Thomas Volkun in the head. Oh, this might have something to do with it. Keith Ballard never played for the Buffalo Sabres or the Colorado Avalanche. He was the 11th overall pick in 2002 and nobody wanted him or everyone did. It depends how you look at it. Keith Ballard was packaged with Derek Morrison sent to the then Phoenix Coyotes while Colorado got Chris Gratton Ossie Vanninen and a 2005 second round pick. Chris Gratton was acquired for the 2004 playoff run, but he was kind of disappointing. Just the one goal and two assists, three points in 13 games leading into the playoffs. And then in the playoffs, zero points in 11 games. Ossie Vanninen put up a grand total of 12 points in his three seasons with the Colorado Avalanche, but he played in 139 games and he was a defender. That was his job. Leave it to the other guys. What's her name? Sackick and Forsberg? Yeah, they can score. But the Avs? Well, the Avs got some value out of that 2005 second. They got 458 points worth of production in 538 games in Paul Stastny. So if you felt bad about giving up those two first rounders, which you shouldn't because you got Rob Blake and won the cup with them, you made up for it. You got Paul Stastny for over 500 games. Then the Avalanche did not trade any of those three, so that part of the trade tree, that particular branch, is done. All right, so what I tell you? In that one player, in that one player's branch of Ron Hextall, you have three players that are that will go down. Well, maybe not Rob Blake in terms, you know, of, of uh, so much as as like he's a Joe Sackick or anything like that. But when they acquired him, he was a big piece for a, a reason why they won the cup. But you go back a little bit, Adam Deadmarsh, a fan favorite in in Colorado. Obviously, Rob Blake, and then the the last piece in this branch is a second rounder from Phoenix, which turned out to be Paul Stasny. And again, if you just have the visual of this tree in front of you and you see Paul Stasny all the way down in in this branch and you just trace it all the way back to a 93 trade, it's incredible. The, those three three guys right in the, in that branch alone just keep adding to this incredible haul the Quebec Nordique slash Colorado Avalanche have gotten from this deal. So we will pause it right there, but let's just kind of review what we're, we're, we're about halfway through this thing. We, and, and you would think that Ron Hextall thing, uh, the, the branch on that is the longest. It's not, believe it or not, the a first round pick that they acquired the 94 first round pick that they acquired is the longest and maybe the best. <laughs> we will get to that, obviously, uh, later on. But so far, obviously, we've gotten Forsberg. Here are the big names. Forsberg, Patrick Waugh, Adam Deadmarsh. You can even say Mike Keene if you want to say Mike Keene. He was a solid player. Adam Deadmarsh, Rob Blake, Paul Stasny. Granted, over the course of many years, but still, that that's what you want in a trade. When you want a blockbuster trade like that, you don't you want it to to uh, make you better for the foreseeable future. You want it to benefit you for the foreseeable future. That's exactly what this trade did. We will have part two of this tomorrow. We're not going to take any breaks. We're going to do day after day after day. We're going to do 
today, tomorrow, Thursday, and get through this thing. It's, it's We're already in the middle of it. It's incredible to go through this, and we're going to do it again tomorrow. Part two is going to be tomorrow. So strap in. <laughs> we're halfway there, maybe a little bit even less than halfway there, because this thing gets continues just to get crazy, just keeps going and going and going. So... Hope you guys enjoyed that. Part two is coming up tomorrow. Enjoy the day. Stay safe. Here's Jovi. Go, Abs, go.